You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4, the starter set. My name is Mark the Lift. I help from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today, I have my legendary Never Faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Uh, I just asked you this question about an hour ago, but I'm just going to ask it again. Gibby, how you doing today, man? <laughs> Pulse check. Hour later, still kicking, still, still doing good, around. still having a good time, having fun on a Saturday morning, maybe a little bit more awake than uh what i was when we recorded our last episode um got the got the juices flowing talking about inscription and hanging out with you fine folks so um yeah i think i'm uh i'm pretty yeah i got two cups of coffee in me now so i'm feeling my voice is weaker but my will is stronger uh ian (laughs) how you doing an hour later man (laughs) an hour later you know unlike my eternally optimistic co-host i hate my life because i still haven't had a cup of coffee oh no son of a gun i should have gone and done that i was gonna go get a cup of coffee between recordings but then my computer weirded out and i had to fix that instead it's a disaster that's right if you would like to donate uh two thousand dollars on our patreon account uh so that ian can get a new computer we would really appreciate that so um (laughs) It needs Consider to it a business expense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's listening, please uh, help us get DBN a new PC. Um, at this point, your microphone actually probably costs more than the computer. Uh, oh, well, if I was going to try to sell the computer, but it's all about the memories, you know? <laughs> I'm so uh, connected. <laughs> it's, it's not the years, Mark. It's the mileage. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're going to be wrapping up our uh, our month talking about inscription with our final thoughts and reviews. This episode's probably going to be a little bit shorter unless we really get in the weeds on it um, and chat a little bit. Just like, hey, final thoughts, uh, final ratings on on inscription, which is definitely i think out of all of the games that we will talk about this year this will be hands down the hardest and weirdest game to do a final episode on and a final review in fact so strange that before the episode we were like how do we even review or give any thoughts on this game Uh, dbn i think you had the best idea do you want to give a quick little like synopsis of how we're actually going to dive into this game and talk about like our final thoughts on it yeah uh, you know, we, we, for Marvel snap, we had these different categories and we were evaluating each of the categories and it occurred to me as we were like trying to figure out, well, what categories do we do for inscription? That's not really a fair method by which to judge it because, uh, inscription is a very narrative driven experience. It's highly curated. And more than that, it's a, it's a, it's a one-off game. Once you beat the story and maybe play through some of the challenges and stuff like that afterwards, or, you know, gets I don't know, 100% if you're so inclined. The reality is, is that it's not going to change. When we talk about Marvel Snap, we even prefaced it like, hey, this is an accessibility thing that I think that needs to be improved, or this is a gameplay thing that I would like to see in the future. So our reviews were very like locked in that temporal nexus of, hey, this is where it is now, but it could change in the future. We don't have that. So I think what we need to do is go closer to the old, you know, uh, 
IGN slash, you know, get, what is it? The game informer magazine where, you know, they, they gave a review. They talked about the positives. They talked about the negatives. They gave you a numerical score. We're going to go one through 10. And then more than that, we're going to finish it off with who do we think this game is perfect for? Um, and because I think that like, that should always be like added in there. It's like you may, maybe you didn't even, maybe someone didn't like the game. But there's always somebody that will like it, I think. And I think it's important to pinpoint who that is uh, as we're giving our final reviews. Now, I think it's important that we have this final review episode spoiler free, like for the most part. Like we can Mm. reference what we did. But last episode was the very heavy spoiler. Like we're talking about the story. We're talking about the plot. Let's try to keep this like at least mostly vague like you would see in a Game Informer article. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'll let you kind of drive the ship a little bit on this if you want to break into sections or whatever. And then, you know, let's let's start with Gibby. So, Vivian, how do you want to how do you want us to start out our the first piece of this? Yeah, let's let's start out uh, with the pros. Okay, so let's go, Gibby. Tell me the things you loved about the game. What were your favorite components? What were the things uh, that that were bringing you back in? The things that will contribute in a positive way to your final evaluation score. Oh, I think biggest for me in pros is, and this is this translates to my real life. I'm a sucker for escape rooms and puzzles and all of that. But there is an additional element to this game where you have puzzles and little small challenges and things and requires you to explore. It, it constantly strikes this balance of letting you laser focus into this one-on-one narrow game of the card aspect of, of Inscription and then brings you out and gives you the ability to take a mental breather and explore around in a very non-pressure environment and look around. And it kind of it strikes this balance of like refreshing you and creating what I would call, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, a very low stress environment. We play a lot of high paced, fast games in our repertoire where you are constantly having to think quick, think on the fly and like move mentally. And it can be rather draining. Inscription, I think one of the best things about it is it gives you a competitive environment to make strong and like smart plays in the card game aspect of it, but there's no timer to it. And then when you are thinking so hard about the game and you get past the level, great. You can stand up, you can look around, you can take your time and Mm. and kind of see some of the finer aspects of the game and maybe get a little bit story involved. Like there's, it strikes a nice balance where it is not mentally taxing to play. I think is, is a great pro for it. You guys, what do you guys think about, um, kind of the energy levels or the mental requirement of of inscription. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a pro of the game itself. And if I was, this game is going to be so hard for me to rate in any way. I mean, even in just giving pros, because I feel like so many aspects of the pros are sometimes they're just backhanded as well. Um, but I think the overall pro for me, like the biggest thing about this game isn't necessarily the card game itself, although I did find it enjoyable. I do think that the there is a pro, especially in Act 1, to the card game. I think there's pros in Act 2 and 3 to the card game as well, but I think the overall, overarching, like, big thumbs-up 
pro for me is the journey. Like this game feels like a journey in a very similar way that like a story driven RPG almost feels like it. Like there's just not many card games that you pick up even in the deck building genre that you get done with. And you're like, man, I really feel like I went somewhere with this game. Like this game really took me someplace. And that is just not the thing that you expect to experience in a card game. And at the same time, they actually at certain points had a robust enough card game experience here that it itched that part of my brain as well. It, it was sort of like, I had a really great experience at one point early on when I got my Xbox One with a, with a platformer called Child of Light. And I just remember that being a really iconic experience. And I've sort of had similar experiences with things like Hollow Knight and um, things like other other games that were sort of like, there was a journey that I went on as I discovered stuff and opened stuff and learned as I went. And I had that in spades in this game, which was a huge pro for me, but they didn't give me that at the, at the, the lack of uh, what I felt to be a really enjoyable card game experience as well. And I think that's a huge pro for this game. I mean, yeah, like you can pick up a first person shooter and maybe you are going to play the campaign of call of duty, but are you really taking on a journey with that? Like, Probably not. You're just shooting computer players, right? And even games like uh, other games that like try to do two things at once, like Destiny 2, which is a game that I really enjoy, I oftentimes feel like the journey that it's taking me on is secondhand to the gunplay. And this game did those two things of itching my brain in the card game aspect and taking me on what was an unsettling and maybe not enjoyable, and I'll talk about this in a bit, journey at the same time. And I, I, I streamed every second of me playing this game, and I'm really glad that I did because I actually got to also go on that journey with some members of my community and my chat. And that was a really enjoyable aspect as some of them who'd played through the game watched me discover stuff that they knew was coming and could celebrate that. And some people who had never played the game who were just as confused as I was. <laughs> and, and I thought that was a really cool aspect for me that was unique in playing this game was I got to go on this journey with people and see their reactions to it as well, which was super, super fun. Um, but that's my biggest pro, I think, is that it does two things and it does both of them pretty freaking well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the things we liked in past episodes, and I don't want to get, like, overburdened with our, you know, uh, any any one component, because, again, like, the reality is that it's the holistic experience that's worth exploring, and that's our purpose for today. For sure. But I'll say this, as far as the pros go, uh, just a quick rundown for me. One, theme and immersion, uh, I thought were really, really good. Um in these individual acts, like these individual acts did a great job of distinguishing themselves from each other, immersing you in, um, you know, what was going on, not just in the story, but, but, you know, thematically. And, and I, there's a reason why I grinded through the game in a weekend. Uh, well, there's a few reasons and I'll talk about them, but like uh, one of the reasons was because each act did a great job of, 
of pulling me in and making me feel like, and I remember emotionally, I was emotionally invested in the different acts in different ways. And like act one, I, I was extremely like, you know, I, I think like, uh, nervous and like mildly like angry at the game, but in a good way. Right. Um, like in a fun way where I'm like, I'm like just you know, ranting at Leshy at times, like in my mind, like, oh my God, I can't believe you play that. That's BS. Like, seriously, like, that's what I draw. Like, I, you know, and act two, I felt, you know, and I'm not going to spoil it, but very, I, my mood shifted to very like exploratory and like very like, oh, you know, discovery was really big. And then act three, I kind of got this like, and I, I, this is maybe, I, I don't want to oversell it, but like, I did kind of find myself in this just sort of cold determination hmm. in act three, like emotionless. And I originally was like, is this just me? Maybe I'm getting bored. Maybe I'm, you know, like not enjoying it. But the fact that I like grinded through act three and like two settings on the same weekend would indicate otherwise. So what is it? Well, the theme actively influenced my mood. I would agree. You know? With that. And and I think that that's it was very really systematic in Act Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was very cool in that way. Um, so I think that's, that's and that leads me to my overall pro, which is of all the things we talked about, this game is undoubtedly unique, mm. and it is innovative, and it is smart. Sometimes a little too smart, but it's smart. Yeah. And I think that like it, it is. Um, at the end of the day, a game that I'm going to think about for a while mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk to yeah. people about it for a while, uh, because it is so different from the, you know, gluttony of, uh, mediocre stories out there and from the, you know, gluttony of recycled mechanics out there and predictable <laughs> plot points and it just wants to do it differently there's nothing you can predict and i think that is that is the true pro of this game hey look there's some cool card game mechanics there you there's some unique card game mechanics but i think you're right mark i think the more i think about the more the less i think about it as a card game the more i think about it as a story told through the lens of a card game Mm -hmm. so yeah Gibby, let's jump back over to you. Talk to me about the cons. We just talked about the pros, and and we've. I think all of us are largely like this game is a good game. This game, at the you know, is something that we uh, are glad we played. But I think we all have those reservations, and I think that this is where the the episode will likely diverge heaviest as we work through like the things that maybe didn't work for us. The problem with having such a unique game like this where act one act two and act three are so different is you are more likely than not going to have a favorite and wish that you had more of the act that you liked the best so when you jump from act one to act two you you get so used to and like invest and you finally feel like you have your bearings and then you go to act two and it's completely different and you're like well this is not what i signed like this is not mentally what i signed up for getting to this checkpoint and getting past it and now in act two 
like, okay, I've mentally made this switch where it's no longer about just act one. I now have kind of this composite view of act two. And now I have to make another mental switch to act three. So you're constantly being jutted to something completely different, which if you enjoy the theme or the gameplay style or the setting of any one of the acts, one or two, and then you move on to a later act, you are almost assuredly going to be a bit shaken up and maybe not as fond of whatever the other act was that you didn't like as much. So for me, for example, I loved, as I've mentioned before, the kind of the, the puzzle escape room portion of act one. And I also really liked the setting of act one because I like spooky stuff, like scary stuff. I like dark macabre. Like, I think that is a really cool setting that I thought fit the, uh, the style of inscription really well to then be jut out into something completely different in act two that was, I don't know. Like it, it, it didn't hit for me the same way. I wasn't as impressed with it visually or, um, I don't know, movement and gameplay style wise as I was in act one. So I was playing through act two, wishing I had more of what was like in act one. Mm. Just wishing I could go back and they had transferred act two into from, from act one to act two in the same way. And that it was like the same style. I was like, I almost wish that I could have gone through that three times in all three acts and just, it it had been different every single way, but that's not what the game had in mind. So I was constantly being shifted into different like methods of of gameplay that maybe isn't exactly what I wanted to do. Mm. Mark, what do you what do you think your your biggest con was uh about about the game? I think there were a few moments in this game that were kind of jarring for me. Um that were just sort of like uh, I I I, I think that there's some points in this game that if I wasn't podcasting about it and if I wasn't streaming it, I may have quit. And there was a moment in act one where I felt like the odds were insurmountable and I didn't realize that I hadn't seen everything yet. And there was a moment in act two where I once again felt like it was insurmountable and I hadn't quite understood how things worked together yet. Um. And so I, I, and I think the other maybe potential negative, it's really odd to say, cause it's part of the journey, right? Like I look back on it now and I love these things, but in the moment it was hard for me. And I think specifically one of those things that was hard for me in act one was I just did not care about the escape room. I just wanted to play the game. And that flipped in act two and three, where I was actually more intrigued by that. And actually in act three, and this might just be because of card game experience. My major con was the card game experience of act three to me was an absolute breeze. Like it was, there was never a moment Interesting. where I found anything in act three card game perspective wise to be challenging for me. I, I talked to some people on stream who weren't card game players who said that they found some things in act three to be challenging. But for me, I had just picked up on the mechanics of the game to the point where I just, I, I it was just not hard. And I think that, I, I, I don't know if I would call the card game aspect of Act 3 a slog, but I think that there was, it was kind of like, okay, I got to do this stuff. I got to get this stuff out of the way to get to what I really want to get at, which is 
the more of the story and the narrative in the room that I'm in. And so I think that was maybe my only real con for this game was act three seemed light. And there was some, there was some moments in act one and two that I didn't really get what was going on because they don't do much handholding that I kind of got frustrated. And if I wasn't podcasting and streaming it, if it was just me playing it, I might've been like, ah, eh, this game isn't for me. I'm so glad that I was because I love it and I love the end of it. But yeah, I think that's the biggest con for me is just, yeah, there, there's some aspects that like, I think were just a little jarring, a little jarring. Mm-hmm. And then the act three card game play itself was, I think a little underwhelming. Yeah. To your point about not necessarily knowing what you're looking at and having the full picture inscription is a game that at times will make you question if you know what you're doing if you know everything and will make you maybe Google a thing or two or go on Reddit and ask a question that probably somebody before you odds are has asked and you'll get a simple answer and you'll be like, Oh, like the transition from act one to act two. Jarring. I had, I had where everything was really dark. I had to, I had to Reddit question. I was like, what, why do I feel like I I'm, I can't get past this part. And lo and behold, a million people asked the same question. And it was a simple answer, but not the one that you thought. Mm-hmm. I was very proud that I solved that one myself um, because I was getting frustrated. I'm like, and I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. What you did call, I just well, earlier early on? You had called out what the answer was or made an observation that was very key in solving that. Yes. And and I, I'm like, hmm, this is, uh, you know, and I, I, I just, I, yeah. It was a puzzle. I don't want to ruin it for people. Uh, if you do get stuck, go on Reddit and find Gibby's post. Um, <laughs> that'll solve the answer. But no. So it's interesting. You guys both touched on my two biggest complaints in a way. Not in the same way, but in a way. So per uh, Gibby's critique, I do wish that both Act 1 and Act 2 were longer and harder. Um, I wish there were more bosses in Act 1. I wish Act 2 had more um, exploration mm. and more cards to discover. And my biggest critique was that although, and I again, this goes back to the analysis that this is a card game. And it is a card game. I expressed last episode that I felt it was not actually a card game, but a love letter to card games. And I think that that's the best way I can put it. It gives you, for somebody that's not a card game, maybe they step out of this going, wow, card games can be kind of cool. Maybe they step out of it going, I hate card games. (laughs) But either way, for a dedicated card gamer, the pain of this game is that you don't get enough, which I think speaks to the theme. And it speaks heavily to the end game where Mark and I talked about a very emotional moment in the end of the game last episode, uh, which if you are if you skip last episode because it had spoiler plastered all over it, like I'm not going to ruin it. But there's a very emotional moment near the end of the game that harkens back to this very exact thing, which is that as dedicated card gamers, all the three of us want is to just play another round is to do it again. Give me more new expansion like we are conditioned that way and more than that like it comes from a place of pure joy and so i think the game 
is like knows that. Like, and I and I I don't want to say that the game designers were like we're going to intentionally reduce uh, how much we give people for a cool story beat or something, but I am saying like I think that they were cognizant of that concept, and I don't think they would have done that sort of jarring transitions between the acts and and sort of taken away the thing that the gamers really liked or might have really liked if it wasn't serving the larger thematic narrative being you know presented um so that's a but that sounds like it's a it's a con wrapped in a pro but gibby's right like i would have loved to see all three acts just like act one Hmm. or three acts like act two because act two gave me this biggest nostalgia hit when i was thinking about my you know 1990 whatever 1995 windows computer and the magic the gathering 1997 game that i told you guys about in episode two that like i never seen no one has ever that i've ever asked about that game has ever played it i've never found somebody that was like oh yeah that game was awesome but it was you know what i mean and like i've always sort of held that in the back of my mind like wow that was a really cool concept exploring around unlocking new cards you know, and, and battling people along the way. I mean, I think the close next closest thing was there was a GBA Yu-Gi-Oh game that kind of did that, right? So it's like, wow, that's a really unique and rare experience that I would have loved to have uh, seen even more of. And coming back over to Mark's critique, this is my, of all the things here, this is my biggest critique, which is that I, as an experienced card gamer, was never challenged. Mm-hmm. Even in Act 1, when I would lose... It was clear to me, especially based on my experiences playing other roguelikes, I lost not because I did anything wrong or I didn't understand something. I lost because it's a surprise mechanic that's intended to make you lose, Mm. you know, and you won't know until you experience it. And that's part of the fun, right? Like Spider-Man comics wouldn't be interesting if he beats the Vulture the first time he encounters him. No, what's much more interesting is he gets he gets beat, the vulture escapes with the money, and he has to go back to his little spidey lab and figure out a way to track the vulture or figure out a way to shut off his wings. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the classic Marvel Comics formula of hero loses the first fight, learns from it, and has to figure out a way to circumvent his opponent's advantages. Well, that's a roguelike. That is act one, especially. You know, um, but you're right, especially act three, Mark. I just blitzed through it and i blitzed through it so hard that there was literally no part in that game i didn't lose a single uh match mm-hmm. and i never felt the worry that it was clearly trying to do like a dark souls-esque thing like oh you know if you if you die you'll go back to the re- the last campfire or whatever right but the, i was never at risk of it because i knew the mechanics so well i was building my deck smartly you know, and it's like, I, I'm not going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that a couple of times. I had to go back to the campfire. I think I lost a couple of rounds on there. There's a, there's a couple of places where there's like a, it is playing a card game, but it's playing something different. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil that where I didn't, I didn't have the quick correct setup for that one a couple of times, but I had no, there was no risk at me getting back to where I was and picking up my lost money. Like, yeah, it was a couple clicks away. There, there was nothing challenging right. about it. 
No, and, and that's that's kind of my larger point. I would have loved to have felt the tension there. Mm-hmm. But again, and I don't know if that was by design or not, right? If it's really just testing you like, hey, do you actually know your stuff? But it's like, yeah, I know my stuff. And so therefore, I was at the place where I'm moving through that act three only for the story at that point. I'm, I am I got to the place where I've mastered this game and I've lost interest in the card component, which is a shame. But it... it it comes from the fact of had they put more challenging encounters in front of it, they made you work for it a little bit more. It would have felt more earned. Hmm. And that was that, that is my, I told you all that. So I can tell you this as much as I love the story, as much as I love the concepts and I can praise the mechanics. At the end of the day, my biggest knock on it is I didn't feel like I earned the story. Hmm. And Outside of maybe act one, but then, but not really, I would have loved to it for it to be even more challenging, you know? So, um, the challenge was a concern. Uh, a lot of it, if some parts of it felt like it was getting handed to you for free and I would have liked to have had to earn it a little bit more and really like made it be a test of skill to see that end game, to see what, that, you know, resolution. What's really interesting there is you said, I don't feel like I earned the story. And at the same time you said earlier, I was really proud of myself for discovering that puzzle like that little thing and i would actually agree with that i don't feel like the card game necessarily challenged me enough but there were portions where i felt like i earned the story and those were majority portions where it was like i solved a puzzle in the room (laughs) right escape room component the escape room component made me feel clever several times and i was rewarded for that cleverness multiple times um now, I'm kind of a bubbling fool when it comes to escape rooms. So sometimes I was just clicking on stuff and stuff happened. I didn't feel like I earned that. Um, but eventually I sort of figured it out. I had the help of some guides in my chat. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. So so coming from this point, I think it's time to just go around the circle and give a numerical grade. Uh, let's go. We're, like I said, we're going full IGN here. All right. We're grading our games. Uh yeah, and I, I think I, I think I have a good idea of where everybody's landing. But uh, Gibby, have you thought about the the score? I have thought about the score, and I'm, I'm sitting here, and I've thought about it for a while because I knew we were going to come to this point. And alluding to the same struggle, I think you guys have, have, have already said, I'm still baffled. I really don't know in my head where to place it, which tells me it's not a ten. Because if we're, or if we're yeah. going one to five, it tells me that's not a no, five. We're going one to ten. We're going one, one to ten. ten? Okay. Yep. So like, that tells me it's and, not a and ten. And I will also accept point fives. Mm. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a good clarification. Nuance is great for me. Yeah. I If I have to go back and forth in my head, then it's clearly not at the top of the scale. It's also clearly not at the bottom of the scale because otherwise I would have a consensus. But every time I think about it, I'm... I feel I'm outweighed with positives more than I am negatives. There are, there's a lot to love about this game more than there are the slight complaints I'll say, or, or wishful thinkings of, of how it could be better. There's always going to be something that I could point a finger at and say, I wish it was like this for me, but that doesn't make it a bad game. I, think i'm landing at an 8.5 i think that's where i'm gonna put it Mm -hmm. i think story is really big for me 
I love a game that can do that can tell a story that can make me invested. And I'm not as perturbed at the lack of difficulty, I'll say, in the later later steps, because as I think we meant, as we, as we talked about, I think it was intentional that the story was meant to play a bigger part. It was meant to be the focus and the um, the card gameplay that you built upon was more of a vehicle to get you from place to place and allow you to unlock like systematically or story-wise a new piece of information that was giving you really what the game wanted to give you. To me, I'm less annoyed that the game wasn't as difficult in later later acts. Mm -hmm. And I because you have the ability with expanded keywords and cards and things like that to go back and play act one again later. Well, I do wish that there was more um, bosses, as you mentioned, Ian, and I wish it was it was larger and longer. Because I have the ability to go back and play Act 1 again, kind of free play, I'm okay with that. I will land at an 8.5 and say I think that the overall journey that it took me on was very satisfying. I loved the themes. I thought the graphics were so unique, and the overall game itself was unlike anything that I've seen before. So overall my assessment is very high awesome but not perfect yeah you know gibby i'm i said earlier i think last episode i'm not sure if this is in my top five or my bottom five games um the experience was so unsettling at times um but i i let i'm gonna put it this way because i think this is the best way for me to put it this year my wife uh has decided to watch a bunch of must-see movies one a month um and a lot of the movies on our list are the type of movies that everyone should watch, but you never want to watch again. <laughs> um, and this oh, interesting. game is that. I would love me. to. I would love to see that list. Um, so yes, that, I would. So too. like, we watched Shawshank Redemption. Um, oh. recently. Um, yeah. we're gonna watch American History X. Um, and I think another movie that fits into that list really well is movies like Schindler's List. Right, movies mm, that I feel like hard, hard to watch movies. Hard to watch. Everyone should see. You're glad that you watched it, but it's mm -hmm. the type of movie that you're like, I'm not sure I want to pick this up and watch it again. There's, I got to be in a, Inception. In a mood right, <laughs> for it. Um, Inception's on our list. Inception's on our list. Oh. And I feel like this Citizen is Kane. Uh, I, it isn't, but it should be. It um, should be. And there's some studio. And that is a movie that if you like film, you will want to watch it again. And you'll appreciate it more on the second watch and the third watch. And every time you watch it, it gets better and better and better and better. I've, I think I've watched it four times. And every time it rises in my ranks, it's it's poetic in the best way. Well, I, I say all of that because this game feels like that in video game form to me. I am so glad that I played it. Mm -hmm. This is actually a game where I'm like, I think anyone and maybe everyone if you're a gamer, should play this game because of how unique the experience is. But it's not a game I want to play twice. <laughs> like, okay, we did it. I had the experience. That's one that I'll never boot up again, but I'm so glad that it's sitting in my Steam library. Um, so my, and, and I swear to you, this was the number that I had was an 8.5. I'm an 8.5 on this game as well. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't pinpoint exactly why I'm an 8.5 on it other than the fact that I haven't really stopped thinking about it since I finished it. <laughs> and, and it was, 
It was a video game experience unlike almost any video game experience I've ever had in my life. It stands out as being so unique and so different. It, it, it's just, it's in a category by itself in so many ways for me. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm on an 8.5 on inscription. I think that it's positives significantly outshine its negatives. And I think it's a journey that everyone should go on, but you might not want to go on it twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> so, okay. So here, here's an, here's a tough challenge for us, right? Um, you know, we, we are beginning starter set with the concept of we're trying a new game every month. And for us, this is different, right? This is a departure, right? We've spent a year on Tessel, two years on Runeterra, you know, and, and um, now we're going to be jumping game to game every month. I also suspect that there will not be a lot of times where we will rank something poorly because we're not going to pick a game that nobody plays. Mm, I agree. So there's a challenge here, which is if we're going to start giving out scores on things, um, and I think we did stars for Marvel Snap because we had a lot of categories we wanted to cover, and maybe we sort of codify some of these things for the future so that like someone can go back and we can look at our full scores of every game we did this year, which I think could be fun. Um, but if we're talking about uh, this, like I- I'm, I'm hesitant to use... Or I'm I'm cognizant that like the full scale should be available, hmm. right? Um, sure. and I think about inscription, and I agree with Gibby, and that the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Um, so it's above a five for me, for sure. Um, more positives than negatives. I also agree with Mark. It's a unique, one of a kind experience, and to me, that gives it big points there, for sure. My frustration with it is in longevity and execution. Um, and I I do, as much as I was uh, delighted by some of the unique twists and intrigued by the story, there was just enough times where the gameplay, the thing that separates it from being a novel, hmm. the thing that separates from being a sh- television animated show, uh, lacked lacked for me was and especially when surface level got me so interested and that's my problem it felt from a purely gameplay perspective um like it didn't live up to uh what it could have been and and that it was a little bit of a bait and switch yeah and you know what's crazy is that you mentioned you know you were glad to have gone through that and i just realized you know do you know why I think I binged it in a weekend? I think I was relieved when it was done. Hmm. Like I knew it was something special that needed to be experienced. But I just thought about how when I first watched Citizen Kane for the very first time. It's a long movie. It's vi- like you. it's very thoughtful and thought provoking. And I got to the end. And I'm like, oh, good. It's done. I can appreciate that. I watched something cool. And that I watched something momentous and that had a massive influence in film and storytelling history. 
But oh, that was a lot. Mm. And more than that, it wasn't always fun along the way. And so where I land with this is a seven out of ten. Okay. And I think for all of the reasons mm. that you guys expressed. And I think I would have been more closer to an 8.5 if at anywhere along the way I had felt challenged. But to your point, the journey was so unique and you were, you were relieved when it was done. But had you not binged it, you would have been thinking about it the whole time of I got to know what's at the end of it. And it would have made you probably not as happy to be. You're like, I don't want to be thinking about this, but I am thinking about it. Because I need to know what happened in the story. But I also have to play the game to get there. Yeah. And it, it's, I'm not feeling like particularly like that, like that's a hurdle. So I can really do it at any point. You're like, I'm not concerned about being able to get to the, the end goal. It's, but I just have to do it in order to get to the end goal. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like, I could also watch a 30 minute television show that I can get the plot without having to go through the rigmarole of, solving puzzles that are too easy for me you know what i mean it's like i and look that that's a personal preference all of these things are personal preferences for for context guys and i'm not disparaging the game i think it's been become very i hope it's clear that net positive on the game Mm -hmm. but i i think at the end of the day i i ping it because there's a reason i personally don't do jigsaw puzzles i look at the picture on the box i understand what it's going to be but it takes too dang long to get to that point. And, and I get that it's, but you know, like I, if I'm going to, if you're going to spoil the end for me, you know, don't make me do all the work or vice versa. If it's going to be this big giant mystery, make it worth uncovering, make it like, make it feel earned. And that was my big problem is, is, is the story had me wanting more, but instead of feeling like I'm, Oh, big celebrations when I chip through, especially later in the game, like the back, half of the game really back the the back i don't know 80 percent of the game the first 20 percent, i'm like oh i'm earning this like oh i'm getting there i'm unlocking things and then once i mastered the mechanics boom it became a sludge you know or, or what was what was the word you use like a slog slog, slog. Yeah. sludge it was not the right word slog it became a slog <laughs> and, and in a way that it's not that i'm not moving quickly it's that i'm looking to encounters ahead and realizing okay i'm just gonna have to wait for the mechanics to catch up with my brain here you know what i mean and 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 it's okay it's not for everybody but maybe a difficulty mode or something like that that would have that would have allowed me to feel more challenged Mm -hmm. listen i play dark souls games you know it's funny you say that but i was the entire time i was thinking in my head and i was considering making the joke of yeah, he's not challenged. He plays Dark Souls. <laughs> well, and it's just like, but I'm used to like, man, like if you don't play Dark Souls games, like I don't think you'll truly appreciate or or games like Dark Souls truly appreciate the thrill and the genuine like I did that. I learned that encounter. I beat my head against it a bunch of times. I improvised. I changed my build and now I beat it. That feeling is just unparalleled. And I look for that more and more in games as I have less and less time to play them. Because it, it the high is bigger, you know, and it becomes something that's worth talking about to people. Like, it's not worth talking about, oh, man, I beat that one. Uh, I beat the, the second scribe in Act 2. Well, yeah, everybody beat him. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not something that's going to invoke conversation with your friends in the same way. So, so what's yeah. your number? Right, the gameplay. Do you, do you have a seven out of 10? Seven out of 10. Okay. Yeah. So uh, two and, and I, fives and a seven. Yeah. Oh, oh great. Ratings. Yeah. Really good ratings. Positive. No. Yeah. Net, net positive. And I think I, I hope I've made it abundantly clear that like, I thought that the story was very interesting and I thought that the mechanics, although not challenging, were very thoughtful and unique i i really did and i uh enjoyed the theme on the net like net positive um and and i think that it is a beautiful love letter to card gaming um that i i really respect the the um how much intention went into um you know the design of these things especially artistically the artistic design i thought was really cool and I think we wanted to kind of close this out with just a, a quick comment from each of us about like, who's this game for, right? Like maybe this game is for you. You should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's dive into that real quickly. Just like, Hey, if you had to say without, we, I mean, I don't think we need a ton of like reasoning why, but no, if, yeah. if you like X, Y, or Z, you're probably going to like this, this game. Pick, <clears throat> pick a person in your life that would like this. You don't oh. have to give all their personal information out, but pick a person in your life that would like this and tell us why. I'm going to give their home address and their social security yeah. number. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mother's maiden name. Yeah. Daily schedule. Yeah. Routing number, bank routing oh, number. Man. A person in my life that would like this, that's literally, even, that's that might be harder of a question <laughs> for me to answer. No, there's got to be someone that you're like, yeah, this this is the kind of thing that they'd get into. I can go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 this is a game that I would recommend to my sister. Mm. My sister loves like kind of spooky suspense games. She's a gamer, but she's not like a, you know, Twitch reactions kind of gamer. She likes more of the story driven or strategy driven games, games like Fire Emblem, as much as we roasted it last time. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, uh, but she also likes, um, like spooky games and stuff like that. And this is that perfect little balance. And even though she's not a hardcore card gamer, um, she sits around the table and plays card games with my dad and I. So I think this is that like nice balance that she would probably really immerse herself in, um, where the card game is, you know, um, challenging enough for her to kind of circumvent some of my frustrations as a lifelong dedicated card gamer, but also immersive enough in the story and she would probably get way more hooked in the story than even i who's not really a big creepy sort of um story person so um i would recommend this to my sister Hmm. gibby you got something i would i would recommend this to my buddy samson and it's because he is not a card game player but a gamer in general he likes playing a lot of world exploration games he likes playing Dark Souls for 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 an example, God of War. Mm-hmm. He likes big maps and world exploration. And I think this would put him a little out of his comfort zone. And because he's not a card game player, and we've talked about maybe the card game uh not being so challenging for someone who's a true card game player, but a uh, a gamer in general, he would be able to pick up the mechanics. I think he would find it equally parts still challenging because he doesn't play a lot of card games, but also he would get the full experience of the game because he'd want to explore and see that everything that it has to offer and leave no stone unturned Mm. in it. And he would enjoy learning about the characters, learning about the story, 
And I also, he's mediocre, lukewarm on the idea of spooky stuff. He doesn't like horrors. He doesn't like gore, which mm-hmm. this game is not. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of that spooky, like it's putting me on edge Suspense. and making the hair stand up on the back of my neck, which I think is good for someone who doesn't intake that kind of entertainment often on the darker side. Yeah. So I have somebody, uh, and my hard part was this was like actually finding someone who hasn't played it because a lot of people who I would have suggested this to has already played this game. Yeah. Um but I think my friend Holden um, and my reasoning is that Holden is a lover of Stardew Valley and Stardew Valley, although not like this game in any way, mm-hmm. has a not that different of pacing. And and it has this little thing that comes up in your brain when you discover something new that is really intriguing about Stardew Valley and this game does that a little bit as well where there's this process of discovery and mastering the game as you go and he's not a card game player but i think there's i think he's enough of a of a a gamer that he would really enjoy the card game aspect of this game as he learned how it worked and um i really like that as well so i and if i'm looking for like archetype or like type of player that would like something i think if you enjoy puzzles you actually have a better chance of enjoying this game than if you love card games i agree um and i do like puzzles like i love legend of zelda i like um you know i i like i think there's there's puzzly elements to like platformers that kind of give you that like oh like especially hollow knight where it's like oh i got this ability and i can go unlock this section of the map now and i can kind of go do that night is a masterpiece it's so freaking good one of my most anticipated games of this next year is silk song for sure 10 Um, out of 10 game yeah so good seriously perfect um and i think that this game sort of fits that mindset of there's more of a reward in the puzzle breaking than in the card game playing and even in act one, when you think it's about card game playing, what you end up realizing is it's actually about unlocking the puzzle of breaking the card. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there is a lot of that where this is actually an elaborate puzzle game that is also connected to intimately card game and card game lovers. For for what it's worth, I think that you're right. It is a puzzle game in its heart. It's a puzzle game that is a love letter to card games. Like I'm refining my language of it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but the thing is is that everything in that game is incredibly intentional, which everything. Major props to uh the inscription team. Absolutely. It, it's a it's a beautiful thoughtful game. I'll leave it there. Absolutely. Which brings us to our end of our four week conversation, four episode conversation around inscription. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that some of you have come along with us. Hope if you're listening to this later on, after you finish the game, you'll come and let us know what you thought. But I also want to tell you where we're going next. Next month, the month of March, we are going to be spending four weeks exploring a pretty unique card game battle game called Duelist 2, which has recently come out and is free on Steam for you to go and download now. This is not a game that any of us have even downloaded or booted up yet. And a shout out to JT, who was a part of our Legends Cast community and is part, a major part of our Lux community, who has been excited about this game and has been streaming it. 
and has got me a little bit intrigued about it as well. So if you'd like to come along that journey with us, go over to Steam, download Duelist, D-U-E-L-Y-S-T-2. Um, there's a Duelist 1. You want to download Duelist 2. That's the one that we're going to be playing. We're going to be checking that game out. This will be a truly blind thing, right? Like, yeah. Inscription was kind of blind, but we knew a little bit about it, right, going into mm-hmm. it. Gibby started playing it early. Yeah, he started playing it early. I was excited. Um, <laughs> Snap was a game that we were already playing well before we were podcasting about it. Um, and yeah. I think all three of us still probably playing at least a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Duelist, this is like super blind. So you're going to get a really fresh perspective on what we think about Duelist in the Duelist 2 in the month of March. So we hope you'll come along in that journey with us as well. And uh, yeah, look for that first episode to come out in uh, the beginning of the month of March. We're all going to go download it and, and get into it. And this will be a more structured uh, set of four episodes like the Marvel Snap ones were. So we're going to give you first impressions, interface thoughts, uh, you know, like initial store thoughts, that sort of stuff. Uh, in episode one and and we'll sort of progress through meta and collecting cards and then you know closing thoughts kind of like how we did with marvel snap the four episodes for that so we hope you'll come and and join us for that thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you for listening if you listen to this one probably every episode that we used covering inscription thanks for coming on that journey and being part of it with us Uh, come and join us in discord and visit us on patreon support the show support what we're doing in episode or season four the starter set as we explore 11 or 12 games over the course of 2023. Um, Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. You can join our podcast community by joining Discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camplegend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the Camp Legend Podcast Network. 